coming down the aisle, representing the Hyphen Podcast Group, they are the unbeatable team of B-Hyphen. I'm just saying, you worked yourself into a shoot answering the question. Handsome Bane. My, my firm belief is a DDT should beat anybody. Showing mad love. Rude me this, Batman. If two go in the pink. The novelist. Diggity dope. And catch a netty. This is what Brock Lesnar thinks he looks like if Brock Lesnar were a beautiful woman. They are the Wrestlecast. Power Welcome to the Wrestlecast Power Hour. I am one third of your world podcast tag team champion, sometimes one fifth, B hyphen, aka I just ate some bacon gravy and it was amazing. But before <laughs> I say anything else, before we introduce our brand new guest to the show, before we tell you anything else, it's in the contract. They got to pass it to my man, your man, my Rashad's main man, Handsome Bane. How are you today, sir? I'm good, brother. Uh, everybody's Ahmad Rashad's main man. You can't, you can't put any stock in that. It's like you know, it's just like he gives you an, gives you an autograph, and he's like to my best friend. And you're like, bro, you said we're best friends. And like he, he says that to everybody. <laughs> he, he thinks you have coke. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I haven't heard any allegations. I'm just joking. I never. I don't know. I didn't, I don't want to sully the good name of Ahmad Rashad. Um, but to, I don't know. The whole Felicia Rashad thing it makes you a legend. So, you know, what are we going to do? Um, Amen. Our guy, Mark Robb, isn't here or isn't here yet. Not here yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we're expecting maybe he'll do a run-in at some point. Um, but, you know, um, in the name of everything, a.k.a., you know, uh, Mark Robb. Mark Robb is also scheduled to be here. Hyphen, yes. you brought us a guest. I did. Run one in. I, I, I found one. I hooked them. So... I've known this guy my whole life <laughs> because we're family. And I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, um, as, as I'm in my 20s and he's in his 20s, he's, I find out that he is a professional wrestler. That's right. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I have a family member who wrestles. And, and so. Can you afford to pay me a wrestler? <laughs> it's back. It is. It's it is. The soundboard is working. My cousin, Johnny Elliott, is here, man. Johnny, how hey, are how's you? How's everybody today, doing? Sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm doing well. You've been on the list since the beginning. We just had to get our stuff ready. <laughs> so so um, I'm glad that you're here at the show. Obviously, I already spoiled it that you're a professional wrestler, but whenever we have a new guest to the WrestleCast, it's all about them. Just for that one episode, and then we then we just step all over you. So next time we have a lot more fun. <laughs> then we put you to work after that, brother. Yeah, we do. Oh man, we look use forward brain to it. Facilities. <laughs> so, just like we ask all of our new guests, how did you get into wrestling initially, Johnny, as a fan? Oh, I mean, as a fan, yeah. I mean, as a fan, you know, as a kid, man, we all grew up. I think, you know, my dad was a wrestling fan. I was a young, young child, so, you know, he put on WrestleMania. I grew up around it. Mm-hmm. Other cousins, you know, I was out there wrestling. I think even over there in Winchester, Virginia, and Jackson Avenue, I tried to wrestle with some of y'all. <laughs> I got a chance in the grass. or yeah. you know, I just I just, I just, just fell in love with it, man. And, you know, 
I followed it pretty well. You know, we all thought it was, you know, what it was. And I think initially that's how I became a fan. I just never, never dropped it as most parents would have hoped. <laughs> like they would have, oh, it's a phase. I'll get right. over it. Nah, it never happened. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you've stayed faithful. Like you were never one of the people that my, that went away from it for a little while. Like, cause yeah, I mean, of- I was always, I was always a fan. I don't, I can't say I can sit here and tell you, I, I always knew I was going to be a wrestler. I yeah. knew that I liked it. Um, you know, I wrestled in high school. I did pretty well in high school as an actual wrestler. But like to sit here today and say, oh, like the whole time I was growing up, I knew I was going to be in a wrestling ring. I, I can't, I couldn't tell you that. Right. <laughs> so you were also a grass wrestler, right? <laughs> oh yeah, man. Like yeah. Between... How how deep into that did y'all get? I, I know uh, for I'm... sure he definitely knocked the wind out of me once. Hit me with something, and I, I tried. Hop... Hopped up and ran right to my mom. Like, yo, Johnny. <laughs> I was crying. I tried wrestling moves on all my cousins, man. My little yeah, sister. Nah, he was an animal. I was the same way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my little sister, man, She, I didn't, I didn't put her to figure. Probably knew what I was doing. Figure four, sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. She felt every wrestling move growing up. So, you yeah, know, I was yeah. just that kid. I'm the kid that they targeted. Please don't try this at home, at. You know, that was me. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I was always the one who was like, I, I don't think I really want to try that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Until, until yeah, my nephew smart. was born. And then I tried on my nephew. Did you... Did you do the belts? Did you like make the belts and stuff? No, I didn't go that far, okay. man. I was. Uh, That's what I was, I was trying to get. Like, you. I was yeah, belts out yeah. there, aluminum foil. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't go that far. Like, we didn't have leagues. We didn't have backyard. I didn't get. I didn't get that far. But um, you know, I have friends that like that are actually there that are living that. You know, they they have some stuff where they had like backyard leagues and they did mm-hmm. all that stuff. I, I was an army brat. So I was never in like one place mm-hmm. for too long. So I didn't have a group of friends that like I could beat up on all the time. It was always, I think the closest I ever got to that was like my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I found this group of guys that liked wrestling and we would literally just wrestle each other in class before the teacher showed up in front of all mm-hmm. the kids and like get over because the kids were like, Oh, I can't believe they're doing that. And they start cheering. It was, it was weird. That's probably as close as I can get to that. <laughs> But no backyard leagues, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I never had the desire to to hop in a backyard. I, I watched them on YouTube in like the early two thousands when YouTube really like yeah, probably like two thousand nine. Idiots and weirdos. Yes, we're talking. They're I'm serious, like, man. Shout out I to mean, my man, the pen like, name though. The pen name. I know you're. But you know out there. what's crazy though? A lot of the people that are making like a lot of your top stars start off in the backyard wrestling league. I probably mm-hmm. named three off right now that you can go find a backyard wrestling tape of them. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it was in their blood, man. Mm-hmm. So, so... Blood, I gotta spill all over the place in a hardcore match. It's like, bro, you ain't got, got insurance. I didn't you know John Moxley was please. here. Parents gotta pay for that when you go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, man. So, so you've been... A, you grew up a fan... And you kind of always kept one eye on on at least WWF, WWE. So you were always kind of knew what was going on, right? Yeah, I mean, I grew up. We, I mean, me and you were the same age, so I grew up around that time frame yeah. where you know NWO, DX. You know, it was big. It was that was the last time wrestling was like really main mainstream to where mm-hmm. it was cool to be a wrestling fan. So like, yeah, high school was all about you know Monday Night Raw. Who was in the NWO watching DX? So it was pretty popular back then. So it was easy to stay up on top of it then. Right. You weren't hiding it. Yeah. A lot of people, um, like like myself, like when I got to college, it's kind of when I stopped watching for a little bit, but then I came back <laughs> about six years later. A lot of people will drop off and stuff with what I, I was. I, dis- I discovered girls 
two. Yeah. Like, that's what it was. I discovered that's not what it was. to go home too. <laughs> and it was like, I was definitely uh, on WWE.com that first week of school. Mm-hmm. That second week of freshman year of college. Nah, bro. Wasn't the same. Wasn't the same. Was not. So how how did you actually, I know you said you always wanted to be a professional wrestler and you said it as a kid, but then what what was the catalyst? What, how did you actually get into the business? So I actually love telling the story. So Ooh, I, what actually like puts what actually like pushed me through the door. Um, so when I got out of high school, you know, there was that whole conversation with my parents, you know, where they're like, they didn't really feel like I was serious about school. So they weren't real. They weren't ready to invest in that quite yet right and so we got into that whole issue where it was like well i'm a, you know both as you know both my parents were in the army yes and they never wanted me to be in the army but i was like at that like that senior year of school was real rebellious and i was like you know what i'm gonna show y'all i can do what y'all can do so i joined the army like a dummy <laughs> i went and joined the <laughs> army so then you know i went through i went through basic training all that stuff and before when i was in high school like i was on the wrestling team at my high school and i was pretty good and so i had some friends that were on that team so I had joined the National Guard at first. I didn't pull the full trigger. But when I came back from basic training, when I came back from training and everything, one of those guys on the wrestling team had went and lost a bunch of weight. He found a local wrestling school. He joined and was trying to be a pro wrestler. So me, in my mind, you know, I'm, I was pretty athletic at the time. Like, well, if he could do that, I could do that. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go sign up. So I'm going to go sign up. And uh literally actually i didn't sign up at first what happened was um when i came back home it was uh he was going to a show in dc they were written a wrestling ring to a guy who was trying to do like a fight league and this is before ufc was a thing mm-hmm. so the actual guy i forget his name but it was you guys remember the movie mortal Kombat, right yeah of course. of course so the black guy that fought Liu kang on the beach yes you mm-hmm. know like a world kickboxer he was running this event where he had like these HBO execs there and he, he's going to have like this tournament fighting and, and they were renting the wrestling ring to do it. So I went with them that night and basically just to do something in the in middle of DC to help set up the ring. And that night I met, you know, I went with my friend, John was the friend, but I met a uh, Sanjay Dutt that night. I met a couple other people that night and we were all just there. We went and uh, helped set up the ring. And then Sanjay Dutt, and this other wrestler called dirty money wrestled at, like halftime. That was like their big hook. Like we get to wrestle halftime if we go here. Um, but I was pretty athletic at times. I just got out of basic training yeah. and one of the fighters didn't make clear his physical. So this guy, the guy from the Mortal Kombat, we talked to me, he goes, Hey man, you look pretty athletic. You ever fought before? And I'm like, not really. He's like, well, Hey man, if I give you a hundred dollars, one of my fighters isn't clear. You want to fight to me at night? I give you a hundred dollars whether you want to lose. I was like, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so they take me downstairs and there's all these guys. It's, it's like a dingy basement in D.C. on a Saturday night, and they're all yeah. putting on their kickboxing gear. Stinky as hell. Yeah, the doctor mm-hmm. comes over, blood pressure, all that stuff. You're good. So you know, I go up there, and I have my wrestling friends, and they these these guys they get into like their wrestling gear. So I have a real cornerman. I have these guys in wrestling gear that are in my corner, and uh, I get in the first match. You know, I'm wearing like my army PT shirts, sweatpants, and I go in there. And they got this like 300 pound like. You could tell this dude was juiced up. This big juiced up dude. Right. And uh bell rings and I just go out there and I one two and one two him and then hit him with a hook and he goes down. <laughs> and I was surprised. I was, I'm like, oh, I just knocked this dude out. And like the guys in my corner were surprised. Everybody was surprised. And then like the night went however it was. I think I went to like the finals and fought the guy that eventually won, but he was like this real good kickboxer. I had no chance. But he didn't knock me out. But afterwards, the guy that 
they rented the ring from, he comes to me and goes, hey, I hear you want to be a wrestler. I'm going to keep that $100 that guy was going to give you and show up to wrestling training on, t- on Sunday. And that was literally how I kind <laughs> of started <laughs> training. You were instructed. Bro, what? <laughs> yeah. So that, that initially, that shows you Yo, the, like, history of the business. Hot dog in the handshake yeah. in exchange for a fan base. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That shows you that that's, that should have been a red flag to me, right? Because it was like, it was like how the shadiness oh, of the business the and how gimmick. things just drop in your lap. Yeah. So that's literally how. I signed to be a wrestler, and I went up there with my friend John and Sanjay Dutt. He was still indie guy at the time, so we went up there and so started we got training. This mark now, <laughs> pretty much started training, and uh, that that's how I got into it. So, wow. So wait, you went you went to an underground fighting ring? <laughs> you know, just just talk. I think it was actually it. at Nation's Nightclub. I think it's where it was actually. That is, that old that's yeah. Nation's Nightclub. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's around anymore, but that's where it was. Bro, it's that's such a nice. Guillermo de to- de to- del Toro ass uh, script. It was right crazy, there. man. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> such a Guillermo showed, del Toro movie. Showed up for a fight and ended up with a job. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. an assignment that could potentially lead to a job. But wow. I will say this: what, what what initially got me because at first I was iffy because I I knew I, I was thinking about doing it anyway, but when I watched. Uh, these two wrestlers, Sanjay Dutt and Dirty Money, do like this quick, like little ten minute match. And at that point, I don't know if you guys seen like early Sanjay Dutt before, but these guys were flipping and flying and suicidos before people were doing suicide topes. And yeah, when I watched that match, I like, yeah, I want to do this, but I had just hadn't had the opportunity mm-hmm. to to verbally state that. Yeah, so definitely locked me in that night. So Johnny, let people know how you went from Jonathan Elliott Soldier to Jonathan Elliott. The reason. Mm. So I mean, it's it's a real long evolution, right? So like, we got time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, wrestling school. So the the school that I actually joined uh, wasn't really a, um, a reputable one. So the name of the school was Kata Pro Wrestling, and it stood for Keep Your Dreams Alive. Okay. And it was kind of oh, the guy that ran it. Uh, I, I give him a hard time. I'm kind of over it now, so I, I'm not as mean to him as I used to be. His name was uh, Sweet Jimmy Z. He actually moved out to uh, Morgantown uh, oh, that, a couple that, years ago. Yeah, that's right. You told me about yeah. that. That's the guy yeah. that starts his name with Sweet. Well, sweet, Sweet. Yeah, Listen, so, guys, so, Sweets are the worst. <laughs> so Sweet, I, I, I'll I'll go as far as – I'll go short. Just I won't say he was a comment, but he was, he was pretty close <laughs> to it, right? So wrestling school is one of those things where it's like, not everyone's going to make it, right? And even mm. the ones that are going to get far are going to fall short. Mm. But the rest of the school is successful off how many people it gets to join and how many people they can convince to keep at it, right? Because that's how, mm-hmm. you, how you make your money. Right. So the school I went to, uh, at some point, he actually stopped using the ring. And we'd actually just end up going to a preschool center and, and resting and, and crashing on map pads so i thought yeah so i saw i felt like something was off with this school and i was like uh i don't think i'm gonna do this it seems like it's a sham and i stopped going and i stopped paying the guy so um he sent me a uh a lawsuit letter in the mail i still remember the day i got it out so hot and i called him and like i threatened him this is when i was young i was like 19 i was real young so i didn't know about you can't be threatening people and rolling up on them right right but I, right. I, I called him i threatened him i showed up he had the cops on the phone it was all kinds of craziness and then like i, had, I actually had my mother look at it and i'm like mom is this for like can he do this and she's like yeah you gotta pay him baby you know like mm. <laughs> so so i called a dude can you back- afford to pay me a restaurant 
Exactly. So I called him back. I was like, okay, man, you know, I know I said all that stuff. I know you were this way, but, um, you know, I'm going to stick to my commitment and uh, we'll go from there. So he was happy that I was going to pay him. But at that point, uh, Sanjay was training there too. And the funny part about uh, Sanjay Dutt was he didn't really get formal training either. He was one of those guys when you talk about backyard wrestling, like that was his thing. Like he could see mm-hmm. videos of him flipping around on the playground with his boys, like all the shooting stars and all the stuff he does, he's doing the sh- thing. So he had, and this was back before people were actually doing that stuff. So he had learned how to bump and then start going to wrestle places. So he was going up to Philly and Jersey to wrestle. And I'm like, hey, man, can I, can I just come with you, man? I, I really like just ride with you and watch and, and see what's going on. And he hated Jimmy. Well, he disliked Jimmy Z, too. <laughs> no, he was like, I hate the strong word. I don't want to say anybody hated anybody. But he's like, yeah, come on. So I just started going to shows with the dude. And we, like, you know, went up to CZW, Jersey Hall Pro, all these places up, you know, in the Northeast. And, like, I would just, like, watch and I pay attention and I get in the ring and I roll around. And then when car backs home, I asked him why he did this and why he did that. And this dude, this dude has, like, back then, you know, outside of digital age, it was hard to get a hold of tapes. But this dude, mm-hmm. him and his father, this was like his thing. And so if you went into his house in you know, Ashburn, Virginia, he had a room that was just a room lined with just wrestling tapes. Like one, like a garage like you and me would have, just a room of just wrestling tapes. Like anything you can imagine, Lucha Libre, Japanese, British wrestling, he had it in there on tapes. And we would just, that would be a Saturday night for us. We just, like me it. and my friends, you go Saturday and we just pop in tapes. Watch him, and I asked him, hey, why they do it like that? Why they do it like this? And he would tell me the best that he knew. And then I went back to train, and I'm, like, light years better than I was, and I'm, like, 100 times better than anybody there. And like, where you been? And it's like, no. Huh? <laughs> so yeah. I just started going with this dude and wrestling and getting booked. And so the initial name that they gave me there, because I had just got out the Army, oh, and I was Lord. pretty athletic, and I thought I could do anything. Like, there was nothing back there. You could ask me to do anything. I'd be like, I could do it. And I remember one time we went to Baltimore to train with a wrestler called Ruckus um, one day. And Ruckus was another flippy guy that him and Sanji used to have all these matches with. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I could do a 450 splash. And, and at the time, Sanji's like, Johnny, no, you can't. Shut up. I'm like, no, I can do a 450 splash. And he's like, well, show me. So I got up there. I did a 450 splash. almost hit it. I'm going to do it again. Got up there. Snap. Broke my ankle. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't do everything. So, but um, but yeah, we I would just travel with this guy, and I got on the show, and they gave me this crappy name. My name was C A Elliot at first, and the C A stood for C A because Jimmy Z thought I was a cocky asshole. So he's like, "Oh, that's gonna be my joke. We're gonna call you C A Elliot, wow. cocky asshole, right? That's your that's your name. C A. No one else is gonna get the joke but me. That was his thing. All mm-hmm. these inside jokes. So like I, I start re- <laughs> yeah. So I start getting up to CZW and stuff, and. They can't be. They're asking, what's C- what is C.A. Elliott? Like, that didn't everybody was about gimmicks. What is C.A. Elliott? What is C.A. Elliott? And I remember I was driving, we were driving through Philly, and back then, Allen Iverson was real hot. And they had a billboard up, and it was like, the answer, Allen Iverson. I was like, yeah, I like them. I'm going to be the reason. I'm just going to be, it's just, just the reason. So I started rolling with that. People goes, what is the reason? And people make jokes. Is it like M&M's? Or are you like a bag of M&M's? I'm like, how do you get that from the reason? But yeah, that's how I started to be the reason. Why I was like, I know I needed something. And then I kind of just started rolling around with that. So I started off with the name. And then I got a booking down in Virginia, Norfolk area. And I was like, you know what? Let me play with this. 
And I said, you know what? Uh, I'm just I'm the reason. So I sound real militant, right? So let me let me go like kind of like Black Panther, but not full Black Panther because I don't want to like make people uncomfortable. Right. But like I kind of just like rolled with that, and I did that for a while, and it got I got over. I do want to make people uncomfortable. <laughs> and I took that there, to buddy. W. I took that up there to uh, WXW was ran by Samu, one half of the old head shrinkers. I worked mm-hmm. up there with him a little bit with the reason. And I kind of just stuck with that for a little bit until right up until I went back into the army the second time, right when I did your podcast the last time. Right. Um, and I stuck with the reason. And I had a name change after that. But yeah, that's where the reason came from was I needed something. And I saw Alan Iverson on the billboard one day. I was like, Don, let me try something like that. Look, so. look at AI inspiring people. All, all walks of <laughs> life, man. One of the most influential players of the NBA influencing outside of the NBA, brother. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. So, so hey, what man, up, Mark should Rob? We, should, we, should we announce? Oh, there you go. Uh-huh, I got you. I'm already over here. There we go. Good. What's good? What's going on, <laughs> you know, just just learning about learning about my cousin's uh, wrestling history, you know, getting to the wrestling origins and everything. Um, did, did you want to do your proper introduction, though, to officially set off the Rasselcast piece so he can know who you're all about? Yo, yo, it's your motherfucking boy, the Mark Rob, <laughs> a.k.a. Sean Mad Love, a.k.a. Gordon Darks, a.k.a. 4i Willie, a.k.a. Pacey Twitter, a.k.a. King Chitlin, a.k.a. Flavor Ramon, a.k.a. Big Sexy Kevin Splash, a.k.a. Bollywood Bulk Bogan. AKA Rick Thrash, AKA The Meat, AKA Safi Saigon. Let's get the Grammys 37 years straight to watch wrestling, AKA Twerk Angle, AKA Fluff Bagwell, AKA Larry July. Don't check me, check the real recipe. What's going on? <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, you man slapping me. Definitely got, yeah, they've got enough names to be in wrestling, that's for sure. He, he, sure does, man. <laughs> he, he is the thought father, so, so I'm glad you're here, Mark Rob. Um, right over here. So, so how much gold have you won, Johnny? I've seen a lot of belts over the years. Mm. I need to know I how mean, much gold is in our family. You know, I haven't won as much as I'd like to, but you know, usually, mostly, most places I've gone to, like in the Northeast and everything, people will usually like see something in me and they usually like, oh, we want to put a title on you. So, I mean, if I counted like all the titles, I mean, I've only really had like five titles, but you know, that's not the goal. You know, you want, when you only go five, only five, but when you go in, <laughs> the goal is for them to like, you're the guy they remember when they leave for the night. And that's always been what I chase. So like right. a lot of places I go and I want to be, I want to be the match that night. I have to be like, even like, you know, the most popular wrestler, but I always want to get that moment where all the fans go, Oh yeah. You remember that guy? The reason did this. That's awesome. And it's like, um, I like to be remembered. So I, I've won quite a bit of belts. I won some up in, um, Pittsburgh area. There's a place called RWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put a title on me. Kaida put a title on me. Um, Norfolk put a title on me. I, usually wherever I wrestle, I get some kind of title. Whether it's like I might not be the top belt, but I always end up being like a tag champion or like their secondary champion at some point. See, that's that CA Elliott coming out. I hear it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere I go, all I ever seem to see is gold, 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 gold. Um, no, I know, right? Go ride the whip. <laughs> that was just supposed to say ooh i'm sorry <laughs> it worked it worked it worked out we uh, back, baby so <laughs> um what, what what was um some of one of your most memorable matches that you've had johnny like um who, um in your career because you've been wrestling for for a long minute yeah man. i i actually hate telling people how long i've been a wrestler man because it's it's weird because it's like i've been like i said i started when i was 19 i'm 41 now but right. if you put all those together 
and this is always something of contention when I was younger. Like, are you really wrestling if you're wrestling like once a month? So it's like I've been I've been in it for around 20 years, but I always tell people I've only had like 10 years of experience just from like I didn't really get hot and heavy towards recently or to the end where I was like wrestling every weekend. Yeah. But um uh initially like what was the original question again? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, I just said, what's one of your most memorable matches you had? There we right? go. There we go. There we go. I always get confused. So many matches, man. I mean, one of the most memorable matches I had was against Julio De Niro. I did that back in 2010 mm. at a place in West Virginia. And, and Julio De Niro is a guy that was in ECW and kind of just like a, a legend around the Baltimore, Maryland area. And that was a really good match. And I, I always say that was memorable because at that point in time, I was going back to the Army for reasons. And I was like, I felt like I had lost a step. And when I wrestled him, we had a great match. And this guy who's been, you know, ECW, he's been on TV, he's been in TNA. He comes to me, he goes, man, you're, you're great, man. Why are you leaving, man? Like, you know, kind of put me over like, you should do this, man. That was really good. Like, so that kind of like got my confidence back, but I was already on my way out. The first time, yeah. Uh, any match I ever had with Sanjay, just cause I felt like I just learned so much more going into it with him because that guy's a, a genius in the ring. I don't know if you guys have ever seen like I know you seen like his impact stuff maybe, but like mm-hmm. he really is like a literal genius on like how he puts matches together and stuff. And yeah, then I'm only really familiar with Impact, so I need to go. Yeah, find some of his, his yeah, he's a, he, he's a he's a genius. And then you know, um, just anytime I was in, I was in the ring with Roddy Piper when he was doing his last roundabout before he passed. That was pretty wow. cool. Just you know, childhood heroes. Um, I met um, Ron Simmons recently, and that was cool. And he like put me over big. Like, hey, what you're doing is great. You know, <laughs> you're doing a good job. I like what you do. So like, it's just so anytime you get reassurance from people that have done greater than you. It's always nice to hear. So Yeah, absolutely. So what so, was he like? <laughs> Ron, he's, I mean, he's like your southern he's Sorry. dude, he's like your southern I mean, you hear the old stories about him, man. I don't know how he is in the locker room when he was active, but he just comes off like this like old southern grandpa, dude. He's like cool. Everybody he's 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 polite to everybody. He doesn't BS you. He tells you if he likes something, he tells you when he doesn't like something. Um, you know, Whereas cowboy boots, he's just old country dude. Man. Yeah, I was just, I was watching, I was yesterday, I was watching Lex Luger uh, talk about, um, talk about his workout. Yeah. And he's like, he's, he's talking about like how he, he got, he got mad at Ron because he was just like throwing, just throwing plates on like only 45s and he's just throwing them up. And then he, <laughs> and then he gets to like 505 and he throws it up like five times and leaves. And he's like, <laughs> Lex Luger's like I was so mad (laughs) (laughs) because Ron wasn't a bodybuilder man he came from that you know that that my at Florida football program so he was just a natural athlete he didn't have to do much you know so right man Lex Luger was a bodybuilder so he had to like I gotta work on this part of the bicep I gotta work on this trap Pete you know yeah, so, absolutely. Like Ron yeah, always just, gave me OG vibes anyway, even when he's younger. He just looked like he was that common strength. presence. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a slap from him is worse than a punch for most people. Is like just that. What was crazy to me is right, because I actually met the guy, but the, these stories are coming out about him where he like he beat up Ahmed Johnson or he did stuff like that. And you're like, what? You know, because he really doesn't come off like that, but that grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good he's a good dude, man. He he's respectful and I told him, I said, you're a star, dude. I mean, you're a legend. I, yeah, I shouldn't even be. He didn't even look at it like that. He goes, man, I got to go home and get yelled up at my wife just like anybody else. <laughs> 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 
Pants on one leg at a time, man. He's yeah. right. That, that's amazing. He's as great as I thought he was. <laughs> so you, you said that uh, he put you over real big and liked everything that you're doing. Um, so I, I'm going to segue that into how how did you get involved behind the scenes with things uh, such as, uh, Virginia like Jones anything and wrestling and things like like that. any like anything in wrestling, man. You kind of just fall into it, mm-hmm. but. Um, like the last time I talked to you about wrestling, I was I was done with wrestling. I was I had just came back from Afghanistan. I was in the army. I had no intention of wrestling again. Yeah. And um, I came out. I mean, we're kind of skipping over the Shakara part, but I'll kind of like tell you how I got to BCW through there. But um, when I came back out of the army, you know, I got out in like 2013, and then like six months from there, one of the the kids that I used to train, um, he goes by Logan Easton Larue. Uh, he was going up to Shakar because Mike Quackenbush, who got it ran Shakar, he was all like, oh, "I need a new tag team," and I got these kids coming to do it. And the guy he originally had with him lived in Norfolk, and they had to drive to Philly that day. And he wasn't understanding like wrestling's a traveling sport, so he wasn't prepared to drive from Norfolk to Philly all in one day to get seen. Right. So that so this uh, guy named Chris called me. He goes, hey man, Logan's supposed to have this guy to go up there with you. The guy pulled out. Can you go with him? And I'm walking around like Dulles Town Center Mall. And I'm like, uh, I don't really want to get back in the rest. I said, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> so Logan had to drive back. He had made it all the way to Pittsburgh. He had to drive back to Northern Virginia, uh, come grab me. And then we drove to Philly that day and got there. And we met we met Quack. And then we didn't even do anything. We we got there, we met Quack, and he looked at us like, okay, yeah, that'll work, that'll work. Yeah, you guys, I'll book you out. See you guys this time next month. And then um we went back out there and he's like, he sent us these emails. I don't know if you ever heard stories about Quack and Bush, but he's like a very meticulous person. So he sent us emails about what the characters are, what he wants us to do, what he wants our gear to look like. He's sending us all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at him like, dude, it's does he want us to be high energy? Like, mm-hmm. come on, we wearing Owen Hart, and I'm looking at it, and he's like, "Yeah, I want y'all to be." He's like, "Yeah, he wants us to be like a play a playoff of high energy." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" I said, "All right, that's it. Whatever, it's the opportunity. Let's do it." <laughs> what up, you mutant miscreants? It is I, Oroko Saki, aka the Shredder, here to tell you about the Shredhead Podcast, starring me, the Shredder, and my best friend, my main brain, the brains of the outfit I'm talking about, Krang. Krang is there. He's my producer. We have a podcast. It's utterly ridiculous. It's an insane premise. Uh, to top it all off, I I haven't even seen the Ninja Turtles in years, but we're primarily talking about hoops yes the national the national ba the w national ba um oh damn it i've run into the lyrics i'm sorry but just check out the shredhead podcast it's me it's crying it's crazy so uh we went back there he named me height rockwell he named uh, oh, Logan Ray, uh, Race Jackson, and it was spelled J X S O N. It was had to be particular. Oh boy! The generator, Ooh. the generator, Race Jackson. The generator was generating. And we, yeah, and we and we were in R G, just in 
underscore R underscore G. Never still would admit just it was a playoff of high energy. On, yeah, it was underscores. So we went up there. Underscores? We, oh, no. Underscores. Underscores. Was like, with, like, lightning going through the name if they had the graphic. No, nah, I mean, it was, it was literally just checker suit. Like, I was in green and checkers with an orange jacket, and he was oh, in blue boy. and checkers with a lime green jacket. It was crazy, man. <laughs> so we went there, and we wrestled, and he liked us, and we basically just tuned for – this one for, like, three years. After, like, six months, he made his, like, their tag champions, which is a big deal because, like, this is a guy that, like, trained Claudio Castagnoli and, you know, Mike um, – Eddie Kingston. We were in the locker room with these people too. Like Eddie right. Kingston was there. That dude's surly, but <laughs> we were in there with him. Uh, Claudio, uh, Jimmy Jacobs. Like we were in this here, me, me and Logan are in this locker room with all these big names. We we're just trying to like, do they even like us? Like, are we doing good? No one's telling us anything. No one's giving us any feedback. Right. And my and what sucked for me was I'm this guy who I was really I was really molded by like Japanese style wrestling, so I was strong style. Like I was just like American strong style. That was like my my initial style back before this happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I had been like in CCW, I had like I tagged with Adam Cole, I wrestled Joe Gacy, all these people, and now here I am in this cartoon gimmick. But in my mind, like it's not for me; it's for Logan because this is his break, right? So we're doing this well, and somebody over you, you see, yeah, right. Yeah, we're, we're, so we, so six months into it, they make us the tag champions. And what we don't know, like orange Cassidy's there, stuff like that. Drew Gulak, a lot of people were there and they're all mad at us because we didn't train there. They don't know us. And he makes us a, the champions. So there was like this, like backstage, mm-hmm. like heat thing that we weren't fully aware of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You guys but know we, we didn't make that decision, right? Yeah, right. But we end, we eventually got everybody on our side. We were champs there for like a year. To we we did, we lost to um, Mustache Mountain in Canada. Uh, when we eventually Mountain. lost them. Yeah, but like, like it was a good experience because we got to like travel with the world as that tag team. Like I defend, we defend our titles in the UK twice. We wrestled in Wales, wrestled in Scotland, Canada, Mexico. Like he took us all over the place. But like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, you know, that eventually happened and they, they did the whole rockers breakup with us where like, like, um, Logan turns on me, drops the stage on me. We have our, like, come back, uh, wrestle off each other's and we split. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we really did that well in that environment at split because, you know, I went off this way and we were like, when we weren't together, NRG thing didn't work. Like high rock didn't work without race Jackson. So eventually I kind of tapered off and they didn't really have anything for me. So I kind of was like, all right, back to the, back to the shadows. And then he started doing a gimmick with a mask called blank and ran with that. So mm-hmm. all that happened and I was kind of out of wrestling again. So that was probably like 2018. Mm-hmm. So when 2018 happened, you know, I was just kind of, I just followed him, just paid attention to wrestling or whatever. And, um, you know, I was kind of out of wrestling again. And then 2000, well, the pandemic hit. <laughs> That's that was the next thing that happened. So the pandemic hit, and the pandemic threw not only just the world out of rotation, but like professional wrestling, you know, lives off of live events and being able to be around fans. So that whole industry turned upside down to where you know you had the generation of AEW had just started, so that was like right. a lot of weird stuff going over there, and WWE was doing a Thunderdome, you know, with the people piped in on the TVs, <laughs> and uh, the most important thing happened was speaking out <laughs> so when speaking out happened a lot of people some deserve some undeserved lost their jobs right yes 
So VCW was this company in Norfolk that had been running for like 25 years or something at that time. Like they, they were running shows back in like 1992-93. And the owner of the company at the time got caught up in one of those um, – you know, one of those speaking out scandals. Right. And everybody was kind of like, oh, we're not going to that show anymore. We're done with that company, you know, whatever. So I had wrestled for them a couple of times. And one of the guys that worked under him, his name is Jerry Stephanesis. He hits me up and me and him were pretty good friends. And we were talking about it. He goes, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I need to, you know, he's not in it anymore. We're separating. We got, we have to like kind of re rebrand our identity. And you know, at the time, I was like, I was kind of itching to be around wrestling again. And I said, Jerry, you know, I said I can, I can book it for you. And he's like, you do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll book it for you. We'll, we'll do it for a little bit and see how it goes. So they made me the booker, um, and um, I kind of just took, I kind of just rebranded what VCW was. I went in a whole different direction. I used all my contacts that I had. I had a different vision for what I wanted the wrestling to be. Because uh, they were kind of still stuck in that like 1980 NWA Mid Atlantic North Carolina territory mm-hmm, style wrestling. Right. Like, if you can get guys wrestling like Flair and Wyndham every night, they'd have been happy, mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that wrestling. Pontiac um, Firebirds and exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's Jean nothing wrong jackets. with that wrestling. But one if of the that's things. That's all it is. Yeah. Wrestling is a variety <laughs> show. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So one of the, the one of the gifts that Sanjay Dutt gave me last. So when I was in the army at the time, he was doing um, uh, pro- he was producing for Jeff Jarrett when he was running Rock Hot King, mm-hmm. uh, the whole Indian mm-hmm. shoot off they were doing. So he was learning how to produce, how to do all that top tier wrestling TV stuff, right? And then he started running. Um, Jeff came up with an independent company called Global Wrestling. It was global wrestling where he was doing like a shoot off, traveling wrestling, bringing all these people in. So I just started asking Sanjay like about producing and about how do you, you know, like behind the scenes of the wrestling. Again, I, this guy just was patient and talked to me and kind of put me in on touch on stuff. And at that time, he had just got hired as a coach at the Performance Center where he would have become mm-hmm. a producer on TV eventually. But I learned just like why do you have a segment here? Why do you, why do you want this to go on this part of TV? Or how do you segue from this, you know, different stuff. Um, and I took that knowledge and I went to VCW with it. And I brought in these characters that people would never be able to see in Virginia. Like I have people that come from Delaware, Philly, um, Louisiana, I have people that come from all over and kind of just show them a different type of wrestling. And I kind of just built off of that. So that's how I got into booking. And, um, yeah, it's been going well. I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. So. Yeah, yeah, because well, we talked about it, like, in the pandemic, we um we were talking about it and everything. So you told me you got in that side of it. And I always yeah. see, the, see the posts and everything. So so, so they give you an actual book, right? Yeah. There's a book and there's a, a <laughs> Is that what it is? Like, like you walk around, walk around with a pencil. They call it the book, right? Because I don't know if you see Sanjay's gimmick on Impact. On, um, on uh, AEW, he always has the pencil in his ear. Yeah. But like the whole thing is because everything always changes. <laughs> so you're always changing stuff in the book. They right. call it the booker because you're always like, no matter what you plan to do, I can have a whole show planned out a month in advance and everything's going to change a week before. Yeah. You, the there's time. just no, no avoiding it, man. You nah. lose wrestlers, you gain wrestlers, or there's storylines you got to move up. Like while, like while I'm doing this right now, one of my wrestlers just Facebooked me and said uh, he has a conflict of dates. I'm going to figure that out after this. But like stuff always happens like that all the time. So. You're paying the cost to be the <laughs> boss, man. And that's all it is. That, that yeah. is all it is. 
So, I, I mean, I, I I don't have anything else that w- from the from the um from your origins that that I need to know. So I feel yeah, like that was that was uh, that was heavy origins. So um more more than most folks, you know, we <laughs> you go from a fandom to a career to another part of that career for sure. Yeah, I don't know if y'all um, can tell he's family. So so that's that's on me. <laughs> that's on me. But I, I I was feeling like we could move on to the gauntlet if if, if yeah you're, you're yeah only get, only get a couple of you know we we got the we got the the straight ahead answers. I'm trying to get some. I'm trying to get weird with it. Um, oh. Mm, let's see. This ain't even weird. I just I just want to hear what you uh, hear what you think. Uh, what's the best call you've ever heard from a commentator in wrestling? Mm. The best call. Best call. The most iconic thing that sticks in your crawl. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was saying it's got to be Jim Ross, right? Like <laughs> I Jim don't Ross know, probably he's, said it. Yeah. He's got so much. It's just like like when. Okay, so I don't remember the exact phrase, but whenever Jim Ross, because you know the whole point of a commentator is to be neutral, right? They're supposed to just, like deliver what's going on and kind of. I know where this is going. Yeah, and then when yes, whenever sir. he had those certain parts of like when something so bad happened in the ring, where he starts going off, he's like, "God damn it, he's a goddamn villain!" Like when he starts going <laughs> off like that, like when whenever Jim Ross goes off like that, it's great. And I can't give you a specific quote, but whenever he did that, I would say that was iconic as a lot as. of times in the attitude area because it meant something it meant something I thought with it, the the dudley's and triple h for sure he he yeah. hated triple h's yeah. guts oh, bro yeah. but, but you know what was special about it is he only did it in the most impactful time because he wouldn't like really put a lot of his of his personal pain on it mm-hmm. until something really happened so when jim ross was mad about it you knew this was bad so it was just like yeah, yeah. it was like all right we've gone too far i just saw a dead man hurl lightning but to th- but to hurl it at his grandmother is just too far for jim ross right yeah he's a dirty yeah. son of a bitch <laughs> um oh um I mean, I think uh, Moro had a lot of them too. Moro did, but I think he was like, I think he was like writing his stuff down to me, like, yeah, that's gonna kill him. You know what I mean? So, like, I think it was like some of his stuff, like he would do, like especially like anything that was like on Twitter that week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah, that was him. He was always about pop culture, so it was yeah. like whatever was current events at that time. He was trying to work it into his call. <laughs> yeah, like, he'll just he'll just like quote Drake <laughs> or, like, or, or say something about Taylor Swift like what does Taylor Swift have to do with this match what like, like what? no dog he's bringing everybody in he's bringing folks in yeah, that, he's bringing he's do. bringing in the girlfriends who are like who don't want to watch wrestling right now but did he say Taylor Swift <laughs> what what What's happening? I'm pretty sure he said Taylor Swift. He, it would always I can I remember him saying something about Taylor Swift and we were like, because you know, we're all in these group messages and you know, we're like, did he really just say that? Like this is crazy, you know, like I'm pretty I, I don't know what it was. I remember him bringing up Taylor Swift for the match, you know. I was like, what? Where that's left field. I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Mark Rob, do you have a, a favorite uh call that, that you got in mind? Uh Jim Ross Helen this cell. Uh Hell in a Cell, uh, Mankind Undertaker. Yeah, I guess the second is Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, Mankind Undertaker. Yeah, God Almighty killed him. Like, <laughs> yeah, broken uh, in half. Yeah, broken yeah. in half is another one. Um, those the those are uh, there are people in there. Uh, <laughs> yes. The Chainsaw Charlie and and Cactus Jack. Uh-huh. Yeah, those are classic calls. But I mean, that was just 
that's one dude just sitting there on a microphone for long enough to create like that much stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, he himself is iconic, man, because you can go through all like the people in his position, like a Tony Schiavone, or you can go through like Mike Tanay, or like even like, you know, even like the color guys, you can think Jess Ventura, uh, Bobby Heenan. You could always, you all, you could always remember their energy, but like Jim Ross was like quotable, like, mm-hmm. like so. Yeah. Oh yeah, and all the all of Bobby Heenan's quotables are like mad racist. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like no, nah, what he said about Virgil. It was a different time. Different time. <laughs> Ninety two Rumble. It was like what number is Virgil? Fifteen. Fifteen. Go back there and check everybody's bags. <laughs> uh, Which is crazy because he's like telling the. Like doing telling the future about Virgil, you do gotta check your bags around that hey, guy. Uh, <laughs> if you're not Caucasian, uh, then leave. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw out a recent call. I'm gonna call do uh, Michael Cole when uh, Sami Zayn and KO beat the Usos on night mm. one of WrestleMania's past year. Like I, I felt like him, like him, he really made that moment even bigger when when they finally beat the usos so um i'm gonna shout out michael cole there because i was gonna do mankind and the rock when mankind first won the championship because he was Mm. calling that too so that's uh the the rejuvenated michael cole Mm -hmm. at that point yeah Yeah. you got it uh you got a question i do i got a classic a rascal cast classic there we go surfer sting or crow sting I'm gonna take server sting, man. Like, yeah, like That's if you look back choice. now, nah, I'm gonna say, man. Choice. If you look back, like he's been crow sting a lot longer than he was surfer sting, but surfer sting was like that's what made him, man. He was iconic he to was, surfer sting. Oh, that was what you remember, you know. He was so I don't dope. know. Yeah, the, the beach blonde hair and the different colors. He was like, a warrior of light, dog. He didn't have yeah. to go hide behind fucking <laughs> painted black. Nasty. I kind of held on, like I was like, he's gonna back to service thing one day. He's gonna back to and he never did. But you know, he knew better. He knew better. I'm surprised no, he didn't try to break out in TNA, but then he had Joker Sting. So I guess yeah, he's no, always was, done like different things on his own, but it was always like Crow Sting was the basis it, for it. It needs to come full circle and be. Uh, we need to get a uh, Surfer Darby. <laughs> a surfer Darby Allen. He's already skateboarding, dog. Like surfer Darby. Come on, bro. That, it's, that, an alchema- it's an alchemation. Surfer. It'd be cold if he if they pull emo. Yeah, he could do like a Todoroki thing and paint both sides of his face. But like, that's what's missing over there, dog. Is his surfer side. See. Come on, dog. I think Brian Cage did something where he kind of like dressed like old school thing on a show for some reason. Yeah. Brian why, Cage. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's man. the first uh, Brian Cage reference to the WrestleCast in 14. <laughs> Probably last. I'm joking. Oh, you might not be wrong, bro. <laughs> <laughs> might not be wrong. Um, shoot. Um, uh, we we know where me and Mark Rob land on that one. We, we're yeah, close. Yeah, you guys are on the wrong side of history. Wrong side um, of history. Oh, what pro wrestler do you think would make the best guidance counselor? <laughs> I'm gonna go left field. Just want to say, Million Dollar Man, that'd be your best guidance oh, counselor. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh no, my brother! Oh. You end up doing. Uh, I want you to follow. I want you to look at. 
I want to look at my path and go the exact opposite way. <laughs> you made you made defraud, um, you made defraud the state of Mississippi for welfare cheat, bro. <laughs> no, but it's not serious. A serious question, a serious answer to that question, I would say, just from like listening to his podcast, um, Booker T. Like Booker T. Like right now would be like the best guy's counselor for anybody because he's just like. He's a wise dude. He's always giving it out. And um, yeah, I would say Booker T. Now, when you go on there, don't say nigga. <laughs> no matter what you want to do, no matter what part of the street is calling out to you, dog, do not say nigga, man. You ain't going to have Sherry there. <laughs> Shit. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny, I'll tell you a funny story why I would say that. Um, And this is a first because I've, I've actually never really told anybody I did this. And if he ever finds out, I have friends that know him. If he ever finds out, I'm getting in trouble. But um, <laughs> should I edit coming, this out? <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Um, So we were coming back from CZW. And back then I was like a really good um prankster because in wrestling like you pass the time back then it was ripped how hard can you rib somebody rib this rib that okay yeah i've done some pretty good ribs and so one of the ribs was um i would call people was tilo and you know mess with them on the phone so one night uh i won't tell you who gave me his number to protect them but they gave me booker t's number and we're driving home it's like one in the morning and i call booker t on the phone i'm like hey man it's tilo this Tilo man, he goes and he, he. I was surprised he picked up at one in the morning. First of all, but he's like, "Yeah, hey, what's up, man?" And I said, "I said Booker, man, this is Tilo." He goes, "What?" I go, "Man, you was at a show and you took my girl, dog. We gotta talk about that." And he was like, "Man, what you talking about, man?" Yeah, I said, "Man, you took my girl home, man. We got a problem with that, man. That was my life." And I went through this whole thing with him. And what killed me was he just was on the phone going with her, right? And I was just like, he started like talking me out of it because, dog, we ain't even gotta be like that, man. Like, you I mean let's. Let's talk about it, man. You know, you don't need her no They start giving me like, guy, you don't need her no way. You better off, bro. Like, <laughs> rats and rat. Like, <laughs> and it went on for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I can't even. I said, I'm going to let you go, man. I can't even. It was just funny. Just the funny part was that he just stayed on the call like the whole time. So, <laughs> like, giving me, like, trying to, like, talk me down. It was hilarious. So, that's why I would say, man, you would don't be. know. I used to hang out with Scarface and the ghetto, bo- the ghetto boys. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's why I would say I'm he would be the afraid. best guy's counselor because that dude he would have talked to anybody off a clip that night. It was hilarious. That's crazy, man. Yeah. He's probably trying to think, figure out figure out exactly who he's talking about. <laughs> which one he's like, man, I can't. Like, I, there's so many. There's so many times the, I probably did that. The fact that he stayed on it lets you know that it was something that was possible. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like it don't gotta be all that, man. It don't gotta be all that. that that's awesome. Um. My my answer is Jay Cargill would make for a good guidance counselor. Oh God! <laughs> why why is that? I gotta hear this. Really go on. <laughs> Jade is supremely confident, and so if someone was going to come to me and then tell tell me about your problems and you're trying to give them guidance, I would want somebody like Jade across from me, who could really she she could probably probably give you the the um the, the she'll definitely. Um, can be can be nice and, and can be soothing at first, but there's gonna be a certain point where she's done with you, and then she's just gonna give you nothing but t- tough love, man. It's gonna be highly motivating because she will she just will be in there <laughs> telling you what you're doing wrong in your life, and this is what you need to do. You need to listen to a boss bitch like me and, and go quit being a little bitch yourself. I can totally. See I mean, that. she does have a psych degree, so I guess that wouldn't be far off from it. So, 
Hey, uh, hey, Jay Cargo, baby. Uh, I need some therapy. <laughs> I would, I would never, I would never make you fix a black man's problem, girl. I'm gonna come in here with my shit together, already, ready all to right. go, already. Mm-hmm, Lord, Lord. God damn it, y'all, motherfucking women look good. Y'all like a big of niggas, <laughs> look good. Um, I don't know. I'll go obvious. DDP, come on. DDP, he's, uh, saved, he's literally saved, trying to save his friends' lives. I'm going to go yes, with he DDP. Has. Yes, he has. It's literally his job, man. Yeah, I'll steal that one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll throw right, Triple H I'll, out there for honorable mention because... Uh, I'll he, take Kevin Nash, too, because yeah. mm-hmm. if you got to, like, meet a quota or something, like, if you if it's just a class, you know, he's also going to be late. He's not going to give you a hard time about it. Like, ah, whatever. Just piss in the cup, man. Mm-hmm. I'll, I got a guy. Just come on. Don't do dumb. <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he'll help you figure out. He's probably like a better PO. Anybody who maybe yeah. sat uh, Shawn Michaels when he's at his worst all them years definitely could be a good guy uh, counselor. So him and uh, Triple H for sure. He is actually giving off big guidance counselor energy now. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You no, know, like a four, big four thousand percent big ass ring of keys. <laughs> eating his lunch on the go. <laughs> all right, so so. <laughs> Um, we got time for one more. We got time for one more. Um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to do if you could create your own pay per view because you do that in real life. Um, <laughs> let Let's go with what? Huh? You're a booker. What terrible storyline do you think you could fix? What terrible storyline out of all in history that you're like? I can fix that. Oh man! I can make that. I can put that over. And yeah, this is just a you question because you know you're actually speaking from a spot of experience. Um, and yeah, we, yeah, we fantasy we'll, booked this stuff. We'll ride it out. Nah, I stay, I stay, I stay on brand. I stay on brand. <laughs> you know, you know, if I look at a spot that uh, an angle that went really bad that I think I could have like fixed with some minute tweaks, I would say the whole Katie Vick angle with Kane and Triple H. I oh, probably, God. I could have probably fixed that one. <laughs> Oh, no. Wow! <laughs> go no, big or go home. Yeah, I mean, all you had to do to fix that one is just don't let Triple H get in that casket. Like right when he's like about to get there, Kane comes out of nowhere, boom, takes him out. Like he, at least he, the attempt in itself was bad enough to get the heat they were trying to draw from that. So mm-hmm. they went a little too far with the shock value of him doing it, and then oh, squeeze, you know, all that extra stuff made it stupid. But uh, the heat they were trying to draw. For you know, Kane and Triple H for their match could have been done just with the attempt of it, I think. So, mm. and I'm just thinking about like bad angles that like ridiculously bad angles in my head. So, right, right. Yeah, you went for the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst one that ever happened. Because when I think of the worst, that that one pops in my head. Like, damn, I was yeah. just why they put that on TV. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. It was really that uh, or or Mark Henry with. Old chick in the hand. The I don't hand, know. That, yeah. that, that just popped in my head. So that could have been like you know they could have made that cute. You know what I'm saying? They could have made yeah. that cute and got the same. Well, idea. I think they ran themselves into a wall and was like, "What's the dumbest? What's the most outlandish thing we can do with this?" You know. Just gave birth. Yeah. To damn hand. <laughs> damn hand. Hey, 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 Vince. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this? If you're time. not Caucasian, if you're not Caucasian, uh, then leave. Huh? 
boy. And that's pretty much no, what that's happened. That's one. pretty much what happened. Like, ah, <laughs> no, oh, Mark Henry's getting too far over. We gotta, we we gotta do, kill this sexual chocolate character a little bit. You gotta back it up. <laughs> I know. Send May Young in here. I want to talk to her. Give him diabetes. Oh no. <laughs> oh shit. Um. <laughs> oh shit. All right, uh, let's do it, man. Let's pull this plane up right into uh, the Rasslecast Hall of Fame, man. Hall of Fame. You look positioned to say words, hyphen. I'm no, sorry. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how I ended. It's perfectly fine. So, it's been a minute. This first time this season, the Rasslecast Power Hall of Fame is where a new guest, or sometimes we just get a wild hair, we will induct people into the Hall of Fame. It could be any position in any wrestling company, anywhere. It could be anything except for Vince McMahon, because he's the only person who got mm, vetoed go. out. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, vetoed out. Oh, God. No, you guys put him in, so it's your you mistake. You always doing this. this. Nah, bro. He out of there, Cheyenne bro. put, her in, put yeah. him in. And then yep. the news broke, and nope. then we, no, no, we revoked no. his access. He's not no, in the no, Hall no. of Fame. No, 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 no. So, so here's what happened. Cheyenne nominated him. Sean Mad Love immediately said, we, we can't let this happen. And then <laughs> he was overruled. And then somehow, magically, days later, weeks and months later, oh, no, we can't let it happen. Nope. No, Y'all got to live with this. The news broke almost immediately about Vince, the mm-hmm. first reason we walked. That's why we, that was a catalyst. Me and mm-hmm. Eric were like, let's just go ahead and get Yeah, no, we can't. Now, listen, we, we, nope. we had rumors. We can go with like, no, nah, no. Nah, we, we got standards. Y'all got to live with it. We got standards. <laughs> He's not in there, the bro. hall. He's in the hall. He's not. Mr. The Reason, it's up for your nomination. Who, who would you like to put him to? Well, I'm, su- I'm looking through this list of names here on this list. I'm surprised you guys do not have uh, Mr. Sid Justice slash Mr. Sid Vicious on there. Sid's not in? No, nah, I didn't really see him on there. Was. No, he is not. Damn! Whoops. Multiple world champion in both major companies. The Uh, Sid story's been told multiple times on Rasslecast, so that's yeah. No, (laughs) that blew my mind. I was like, no Sid, no Sid vicious out there. Okay. Yeah, I went to the well. It's it is also it's not left up to us at that point. We have a lot of people who come in and like nominate different people for different reasons, and so like. That's why MJF is in there, like the season two. I saw that. <laughs> that was yeah, season like, one. He went in pretty quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, the people pick who they pick for the reasons they you know that they pick them. So mm-hmm. um, that was before yeah. he won AEW champion. Mm-hmm. Just off alone of Sid versus Sean, that whole angle, but yeah. like he's done a lot. So I wouldn't book him today because he won't show up. But <laughs> he'll have a he'll have a mystery baseball game. He'll like you'll buy him a plane ticket and everything, and then he'll be like, "Oh, I missed the plane, brother. Was it softball game today or something like that?" But softball game. No, <laughs> I, mean, I swear, I swear to God, yeah, been known to do that. They tried to um, book him like two thousand eight. And had him advertising and everything, and then the day of, he just didn't get on the plane and said something about softball game. See, that's funny. That's how, that, that's how his Sid story goes because the Warrior was supposed to be there, dude. and then Sid was there mm-hmm. instead. And Sid killed yeah. the guy. <laughs> Sid killed the guy. Yeah, shout out to Sid. yeah, go go back into the archives and find Sid killed the guy. <laughs> yeah, you, the archives are, are readily that's available. A good time. So we so we got Sid in the hall. We got the reason who's been here, my cousin. Yes, I, I am connected to wrestling somehow besides this podcast. 
I got some authenticity <laughs> on, my, on my side of the family. There you go. So, so um, Johnny, tell the people how they can find you, where you're at. Tell the people all the things that you're, you're going to be doing. I appreciate that. So, I mean, pretty much just for me, uh, anything you want to know about uh, my company, uh, BCW Wrestling, you can look at uh, bcwwrestling.com. Uh, That'll have all our information on it. Uh, we have a show coming up November 11th, Veterans Day weekend in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. It's going to be really big. Uh, my best friend, Logan Easton LaRue, just having his last singles match against Willer Luke, Willer Yuta. Uh, Nyla Rose will be on the show. We have some other surprises that I haven't announced yet, but some Ooh. other notable AEW people will probably be there. And uh, it's going to be a good time. It's our first time in that market. We're trying to get uh, out of the Norfolk area and kind of up into that DMV area. So yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you're in that area, come on out uh, November 11th. It'll be a great, great show. Uh, but yeah, anything else, bcwwrestling.com. Um, and um, I got stuff on YouTube. You look up any of the names, C.A. Elliott, Hyatt Rockwell, and R.G. The Reason, you'll be able to find some stuff there. Someone just put up on Twitter. That tag match I was actually telling you guys about, where I tagged Adam Cole against some CZW guys, and it got like 5,000 views so far, like over nice. the week. And it was like, I'm like, people just pull random stuff up. So you can find me somewhere. <laughs> somewhere in these streets, hanging out with Adam Cole. Yeah. 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 Adam Cole, nice guy. Or is it all? Oh, yeah, back then. No, back then. I mean, I haven't. That was when he was starting out. So back then he was great. Like, he, I can call him on the phone and talk to him. Uh, success changes people a little bit. Um, it's funny you bring up Adam Page, um, um, Hangman Page. I wrote a couple times with him, just him being out of Virginia. And uh, I went to a show in Manhattan, ROH, with Sanjay one time, and he treated me like it was like the next day, like, hey, Johnny, how you doing? What's going on? So some people are real and some people change. <laughs> <Can't tell you. laughs> I mean, that, that that's go. everything. That, that's yeah. life. That is life in a yeah. nutshell, man. Uh, so Johnny, thanks for being here, man. It's, it's been uh, it's been a great catching up with you, and you're going to have to come back on now. Now you can come on and have the real fun. Yeah, that's we'll make you yeah, no, put you to work <laughs> anytime. It'd be a pleasure. There it is. Peace. There it is. You can find B hyphen at B hyphen on Twitter and the B hyphen on Instagram. Follow Handsome Bane on Twitter and Instagram at ila underscore pow. Mark Rob can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Sherwin Madlove. Sayonara, smelly nerds. This, 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 this is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained?